Hello and welcome to Astrology Today, your regular look at the planetary movements and how astrology may affect and hopefully improve your life. Hi there, I'm Norma Lachance. I'm your host. I'm a life coach, a mathematician, and an inspired astrologer. And you've joined me for the weekend perspective as well as the lunar eclipse in Scorpio for Friday, May 5th, 2023. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to Friday. Well, there is a lot going on. Man, I'm hearing all about it. Yesterday was some sort of Star Wars thing. I don't know about that. Today, Cinco de Mayo, there's some uh, indigenous uh, um, sessions that are going on right around where I'm at. And of course, by the way, there's a lunar eclipse in Scorpio happening probably right when you're hearing this podcast or it might be a little bit past that. So yes, I'm going to talk about the lunar eclipse. You better buckle up because this episode is going to be a little bit longer than normally. I have, of course, got some great individual charts to look at, which I'm always excited about. And I am going to talk about the themes for the weekend because there are some really interesting aspect patterns to talk about. So let's get to it. All right, well, let's start off where we usually start off, and that is with the moon currently in Scorpio, no surprise, since of course, it is in this full moon position and lunar eclipse position of Scorpio. And when the moon's in Scorpio, remember that the moon is all around our comfort, our emotions, our behaviors. And in Scorpio, it's all about depth. It's deep emotions. It's all things of consequence. And the fact that it's in the full moon position, it's really about, you know, looking at the shadows, the underbelly of life, that is very much a scorpion thing is to get to the bottom of things. There's no light conversations happening here. You may also find that you're kind of gravitating towards perhaps the psychological side of life, the occult, maybe tarot cards. These are all things that you know, one may anticipate when the moon is in Scorpio. Then by tomorrow afternoon, it'll move into Sagittarius, which is going to feel, you know, probably a bit different, right? Mutable fire, flexible, inspiring, maybe a bit of risk taking going on exploration, discovery, these are all words associated with Sagittarius, and it'll be there for the rest of the weekend. Now, the other planet that's changing sign is Venus, yes, moving into Cancer on Saturday. And this is really going to represent a shift in how we love, how we relate to others. Of course, Venus is this planet of love and compassion and beauty and the aesthetic. And now it's going to be much more based on the emotional level, given that it's going to be in a water sign. It could also represent a, a shift in values, right? Because Venus also represents values or what we hold valuable. And so moving into Cancer, a bit more nostalgic protection. Uh, possibly, maybe a little bit more emotional, maybe protective. And let's keep in mind that Venus will be in Cancer until June 5th. So you've got some time to experience it. (music) 
All right, turning to the important aspect and aspect patterns to be on the lookout here over the next few days. There's quite a few. So starting off tomorrow, I would say that the first few of these aspect patterns that I want to talk about all involve the moon. So let's remember that when it involves the moon, it's just for one day. So this first one is a big, beautiful water grand trine. So what is that? That is a big triangle at where the three planets are all trine with each other. And the way I like to think about a water trine, a grand trine actually, is that it's like a three-legged stool, very supportive, you know, planets working really well, blending well together. All right, let's get specific. So on Saturday, we're going to have Mars trine with the moon, trined with Neptune. So really interesting combination. And here, you know, remember that Mars represents, you know, defense, going to war, standing up for yourself, your courage, the moon, of course, our emotions, our feelings, and Neptune, this nebulous, sort of kind of blurry, but also tapping into our imagination. Neptune is, you know, all very highly creative, highly sensitive. And so when we put the three together in a water grand trine, so the, all three of the planets are in water, it's certainly emotionally based. So here we have emotionally acting on your imagination and feeling supported perhaps to defend your vision, the vision part being all about Neptune. Then moving on, we're going to have actually two yods occurring at the same time as this big water grand trine on Saturday. So yod number one, and this I have to side note, I have to say that yods sometimes do appear in pairs. And so yod number one is uh, involves three planets, it's the moon, Venus and Jupiter. And let's just pause here. What the heck is a yod, Norma? That's an odd word, odd yod. I didn't mean to do that, but there it is. Yod is also another name for a yod is the finger of God. And so it's kind of a skinny triangle with the apex planet pointing towards a particular planet and a, quite a sensitive spot. It involves a quincunx, which is a fun astrology word. And it really just means around making minor adjustments. I want you to think about that mosquito in the tent when you're camping. It's there, it's annoying, it's not going away. And so that's very much the idea behind the yod. And so this first one has the apex planet of the moon. And so that sensitive point I was talking about is the moon, your emotional responses. And here we have a sextile between Venus and Jupiter, which is all around you know, increased love, increased connection with others, maybe even too much connection, maybe a little bit of overwhelm there. It may also mean an increase or a focus on your values. As I was speaking earlier with uh, Venus moving into cancer, this becoming a bit more important. And so this connecting or adjusting your behaviors and emotions in order to let this love peace come through. So that's yod number one. Now yod number two also involves the moon, but a little bit of a shift in planets. This time, the sensitive planet is Venus. So who is this going to affect? You know, think about anybody who has a strong Venus in their chart. Well, who is that? That's Taurus. That is Libra. You know, any if you have lots of planets in that spot, or if you have sun and Taurus, Sun and Libra, you may uh, sense this a bit more than others. So that sensitive part is all around loving and, uh, you know, our loving emotions and, you know, relating to others. What's interesting about this yod is it does involve the moon sextile with 
Pluto. And in this case, the moon, by the time it gets to this yod, the moon is void, of course. And so this really speaks to maybe taking a pause and to take time to take inventory of those feelings. It is connected with Pluto, which is all around power and transformation. And so maybe it's an opportunity to let those feelings kind of sink in a bit and be uh, available for transformation if you take a pause. Okay, moving on to Sunday. As I said, there is a lot going on this weekend. So moving on to Sunday, we have a fixed T-squared. Now this is significant because it doesn't involve the moon and it's actually going to be with us until June 2nd. So that's a significant, almost a month of having this T-squared kind of, you know, over kind of dominating the daily transit every single day. And so here, remember what a T-squared is. It's a right triangle. So we're going to have an opposition and quite a strong opposition here between Mars and Pluto. Yes, both of these planets are ruled by uh, Aries, or pardon me, Mars and Pluto both rule Aries, and so and or Scorpio. And so if you have a very strong Aries in your chart or very strong Scorpio, you may really feel this opposition. And it's a really, you know, two planets that are competing for your attention. On the one hand, we have Mars, which is around, you know, a fighting action defense, uh, standing up for oneself, as opposed to Pluto, which is all around transformation and change. And when we have these two planets connected, it's really around fighting for survival. It's going to very much feel like that. Now, both of these planets are squaring with Jupiter. And the the apex planet, Jupiter in this case, can work in a couple of ways. It could be the catalyst that's making you feel like you need to fight for survival, or it's the place of relief. Now, Jupiter could represent, you know, the search for higher meaning, philosophy, the search for faith and wisdom. Remember that it, it increases everything. And so it may be about looking at the bigger picture, a little bit of a reality check to see, you know, what is possible in terms of trying to balance these energies between Mars and Pluto. And then finally, on Monday, another T-squared, this one's a mutable T-squared. And this one, again, involves the moon uh, opposite Venus. So here we have trying to balance, you know, our feelings, our emotions around love and relating to others. And then they're squaring Neptune, which could be, you know, the trigger in terms of its blurriness, there might be a bit of lack of clarity that is causing this imbalance between how you feel and getting that love out into the world. Well, I know this is what you've been waiting for getting right to the end of the podcast to talk about the lunar eclipse. So thanks for sticking around. Yes, a lunar eclipse today. And this really marks the end of eclipse season. Eclipse season happens twice a year, uh, either at the new moon or the full moon. And this time we have a full moon. And so this is halfway through the lunar cycle, as you've heard me talk about full moons before. And the reason that it's an eclipse, a lunar eclipse in this case, is because that the sun and the moon are close enough to the nodes, meaning the angle of where the moon is so that somebody's going to be stepping in front of somebody else to make a shadow. That's how we know we have an eclipse. And so this one is a, a prenumbral, prenumbral lunar eclipse, say that 10 times fast. So because it's a full moon, we have the sun and the moon opposite each other. And the eclipse piece comes in because the earth where we are steps in between 
the sun and the moon. And so what we're going to see as on part of the planet anyways, is that the shadow of the earth is on the moon. And it really, you know, because it is only in the penumbra of the earth, it's only, um, the light part of the shadow. And so it's actually very easy to miss this as an eclipse. And so the the earth steps in between the sun and the moon, and it just kind of look like a bit of more blurriness on the moon. Now it's not visible everywhere. In fact, if you're in North America, you're not going to see it at all. Uh, of course, if you go online, you can certainly watch uh, the live feed of the lunar eclipse if you're into that. So that's kind of cool. Now, I've got to say that because the, you know, in a lunar eclipse, when the earth casts its shadow on the moon, you know, archetypally, what does this mean is that it's really, really revealing things that have previously been unseen. And so it draws our attention to sort of the underbelly, what I was saying earlier, and the kind of mystical, uh, you know, mysterious part of ourselves, the parts that we perhaps don't look at that often. And that's why I make the comment about sometimes it's, it's easy to miss that it's actually an eclipse. Now, in general, with a full moon, it's about balancing our needs, which is represented by the moon, and our wants. And so there's this, again, this uh, competing for our attention, things that I want, and things that I need are fighting for our attention. Let's talk about the details of this particular lunar eclipse. So it happens at 14 degrees, 58 minutes of Taurus, that is where the moon is going to be. And that's why we say, oh, pardon me, that's where the sun is going to be sun is in Taurus currently. And then directly opposite it is 14 degrees 58 minutes of Scorpio. And that's why we call it a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So the general themes here are goals of security and possessions that's represented by the sun and Taurus. And on the other end, we have this need for depth and passion, power and transformation, all represented by the moon in Scorpio. The eclipse will be exact at 1033 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And by the time you hear this podcast, that may have already passed. But keep in mind that the effects of an eclipse can be for several weeks, especially if it hits an important part of your chart. What's an important part of your chart? Well, a planet or an angle. All of these would be considered uh, important and important to flag as an astrologer. I would look at that and, and point that out. Now, specifically for this particular lunar eclipse, we've got some interesting uh, uh, picadillos, I like to say. So first of all, the sun is conjunct with Uranus at this time. And so that can really underline the idea behind individuality based on where the sun is in your chart, wanting this idea of wanting to feel more free, more individual, more unique, you know, a bit of the rebel in you stepping out because it's in contact with Uranus. The other uh, piece is that the sun is also conjunct with Mercury. Now that's not necessarily a big story, but Mercury is currently retrograde. And so you may be receiving inner messages about identity and what's important for your personal self-expression. Let's have a look at a few specific charts to kind of dig into this uh, lunar eclipse a bit more. Now, I have to say I got great response in terms of 
volunteers. So if I don't get to your chart, I'm going to apologize ahead of time, but I will uh, reach out to you individually and uh, give you a bit of a chat about that. So let's, yeah, have a look at some listener charts. I believe uh, most of them are first time uh, volunteers. So I'm super excited about that. Let's remind ourselves now how this lunar eclipse works. We're going to be looking at two house placements and the house placements that are facing off against each other. And so they all come in pairs. And remember that, you know, the sun will be in one of the houses, the moon will be in the other houses. And it's about balancing these two uh, competing interests, as it were. All right, let's start off talking about Charlotte's chart. Thank you very much for the email, Charlotte. So here in Charlotte's chart, we have the sun in the sixth house and the moon in the 12th house. And so sun in the sixth, right? This is all around your daily routines, your health habits. And so balancing that against, you know, some perhaps deep emotional needs to pull back, pull back from the world to regroup, rejuvenate. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sounds like a, a spa day, not to sound tongue in cheek, but just this idea of getting your emotional me- needs met by pulling back from the world. And that may be really triggered by this lunar eclipse. Okay, moving on to Zach's chart. Uh, Here we have sun in the seventh house, moon in the first house. And here's this classic me, not me uh, opposition that we see a lot. And so the sun in the seventh can be really around Zach's relationship goals. And that's, you know, these important one-to-one relationships that he's got going on in his life. Those could be intimate relationships or in business. And that's facing off against, you know, his own personal, emotional needs and comfort in terms of his own personal growth. So it's again, this, you know, face off between me and not me. And finally, I want to look at Andrea's chart here again, another different uh, placement of houses that are opposite each other. And for Andrea, it's sun in the fifth house, moon in the 11th house. And so sun in the fifth is really around personal self-expression and creativity, you know, and just your identity being focused on kind of the lighter part of yourself, that creative, creative, uh, childlike part of yourself and making that a priority against the comfort uh, that you find within being within a group and, you know, the needs that get met there. And so it can be this feeling of feeling like an individual stepping up, you know, being that leader within your own life and, you know, kind of like being the guest star in your own life against being uh, one in a group and feeling comfortable there. That is your Lunar Eclipse podcast for Friday. Yeah, a little bit of a longer one. So I appreciate you sticking to the end. If you have any questions about the eclipse or something in general about astrology, I am a working astrologer. I love knowing what's on the minds of my listeners. So please reach out. My email is astrologydiva, that's D-V-A, at gmail.com. All right, well, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.